News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. O'Brien, Minister for Housing, joins us now. Good morning to you, Minister. Before we start on so many things we have to talk about this morning, just I, I, I presume you heard some of what we said there about smartphones. Would you agree, just as as a as a parent, as as you know, as an ordinary citizen, never mind being a minister, that this is a good idea? Yeah, it seems to. I don't know I, if, 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 how it works in practice. We had the same issue. My daughter's yeah. she's fourteen now, but we to you know toy with the idea when is the right time to you know to give your son or daughter a phone and uh, it can be different circumstances for different people though depending on your family life you know um, and I don't know I think the the, certainly in my view younger people are exposed to mobile Mm. phones far too young uh, there, there are advantages certainly as as they get older and can understand, you know, the world better. Particularly social media. I heard you mention there, Kira, and some of the things on social media that that um, younger children should not see and wouldn't be able yeah. to cope with at, at a very young age. But look, I w- welcome the pilots from the schools in in Greystones. Like we kind of had an agreement between the moms and dads with with my daughter and all her friends as to when they would they nearly all got their phones together at the same time if you know what I mean yeah. because there's safety in numbers the, the as parents sometimes isn't there well it is yeah because it's a tough one but it is it depends on family life too you know yeah. most parents both of them are working you need the one to be able it's to contact tr- your, it, no, and, your son and, and or your daughter it's a tricky you're, one you're you exactly know? right and look we will move on but thank you for that now you did give us the update on, on Housing for All on Tuesday and you said that mm-hmm. you will hit housing targets but you can't say how many social houses will be built or have been built. If you can't measure it, you can't manage it. How do you know we're on target if we don't know how many we've built? Well, we, we do manage it, uh, Kira. We've been 19,000 social homes as I speak to you today uh, You know, in train at various different stages of construction. So we have a new build target on social homes, if you take that as an example, of 9,100 and we have a good pipeline across the country so I'm confident that we, that we will. What I was asked on Tuesday was, was just in relation to completion yes. date uh, for quarter one. I issued that data once, once it's verified and I don't have that yet, but I will have that very shortly. So that's the we, only difference we, that we haven't got a, a confirmed number, but, but the, yeah, the, start, well, the starts are, are, are on target. Yeah, the starts are on target. Look, we, we did 6,000 social homes just in the last quarter of last year and there is heavy delivery towards the end of the year. And But what I want to see is across all 10 years, so social our affordable pipeline is very good too. And we delivered 1,800 affordable homes last year from a standing start. Yes, it was below target that we'd set, but we've done none the year before and actually none for 15 years. Okay. Overall, though, like we've a target of 29,000, so between public and private, private houses. And based on the completions that we've had in the first quarter of this year, like we've had nearly 7,000 new homes were completed in the first three months. That's the highest amount that we've seen since we've started tracking those records way back in 2011. So, you know, that's a good start. And okay. also our our commencements of new homes as well is, is very, very strong. So, you know, that's about 13,000 okay. commencements. So the pipeline is good, but we're not going to be complacent about it. We've got to watch that through the year. So and you're, you're, you're satisfied at least. Uh, on Tuesday here uh, on News Talk, Kieran Cuddy spoke to on the hard shoulder to Sinn Féin housing spokesperson Owen O'Vrin. Uh, and he had this to say about your decision to announce the update on Housing for All in the middle of Ryan Tuberty's testimony before the Oireachtas Committee. This report was the quarter two, in inverted commas, progress report for this government and on those key areas that government is in control of, social housing, affordable housing, tenant in situ, uh, 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 long promised legislation around planning reform, around first refusal of tenants to buy the properties when the landlord is selling or issues of homelessness, they had no updates at all. Why? 
one assumes because there's a lack of progress. And that's what they're trying to, I suppose, conceal from public scrutiny by cynically launching this report at the same time. Ryan Tuberty and his agent are in front of the uh, relevant Oireachtas committee. The suggestion there being, Minister, that you were trying to bury the news by putting on uh, at the same time, is, is that fair comment? No, it, it's, look, I'm not, I'm not one for mudslinging, but that's, you know, a, a total and utter fabrication, um, complete and utter. We, we published a report quarterly, and uh, myself, the Taoiseach, Thomas, the Minister Ryan, regularly, so the idea, and it's a stretch even for Ono Brin, the idea that we would try to coordinate that with a date for a hearing that we didn't even know that's whether Mr. Mr. Tuberty and his agent were coming in when we would have actually agreed that date is a complete and utter fabrication. We public, look, our plan has been published from day one. It's fully funded um, and we've set out our targets. And I would contrast that with the lack of a Sinn Féin housing plan at all. So, look, Ono Brin's comments in relation to the timing of it are just wholly incorrect okay. and a real stretch even for him. Look, we spoke earlier on the week, we were talking to uh, Carol Tallon, she was of Property District, about the new first refusal scheme. This is the idea that tenants will be allowed bid on properties that are that they've been mm-hmm. living in before. Still. And she described it as tokenism of the worst kind that will make no difference. And then two years time, we won't even have this as an issue because it will be so ineffective. Is, is that something that you would accept? No, well, we've looked at it. Look, I've looked at other jurisdictions where this works. Firstly, just to say that we are purchasing homes with tenants in situ at a very significant rate. That's a comment that that Ono Bren made just in your clip there, that we didn't produce figures on it. Not true. We've about 2,400 homes being purchased by our local authorities with tenants in situ. And we have homes already whereby landlords are selling their tenants buy them and if they if they have the finance to do so and if they don't we've brought in two other schemes which is one to use the first home scheme to help bridge the gap between to help bridge the gap between the finance that a tenant may have and what they need to buy the home and secondly the cost rental in situ so someone above the social housing limits who can't afford to buy the house we will buy the house through the housing agency and let it back to them on a cost rental basis. I think her point now, was that, answer, that people would be, you know, you could have a first time buyer bidding on a house and, and, and the seller is willing to take that bid, but then they have to go back to the tenant and that this is going to create all kinds of skewed market yeah. dynamics and be very hard in particular, she said, on first time buyers. I understand what Carol is saying, but the, the reality of it is that we'll produce the legislation in September. We've looked at other jurisdictions, some where it works well and others where it does not. So, We'll try to keep this as simple as possible. Basically, what it would be here is that when a landlord's selling and issues a notice to quit to a tenant, the, the landlord will have to actually advise the tenant of the sale at that stage, and the tenant can make a bid on the property, which they could do anyway right now, but this would put it into law. The important thing, though, is is that once the bidding process is finished, that the, the, the tenant has the right then to to have the, the final bid on, on the property based on, on a market okay. valuation. It still so is quite hard on a first-time buyer if they think they're, they're, they're across the line and then someone else is allowed to come in and bid at the, at the 11th hour. But, but I, I take but your just, point of what you're trying to do. This way, Kira. Yeah, no, I understand what, what you're saying, but let's just think that happens now anyway. Uh, I've seen where, where landlords are selling to tenants and there's advantages to that. She did now. say you were re- reintroducing gazumping to the market, something that we, we didn't want to see mm-hmm. is actually what she said. I don't think so. And maybe Carol is probably commenting on it without seeing the legislation. I do respect what she's saying and that is not at all the intention. What what it is about is bringing further protection and options for tenants in the instances whereby they're able to buy a property. That's what we'll be doing. A couple of other things, Minister. I did ask yesterday on social media, I asked our listeners, what would they like me to ask you? If, Mm -hmm. if, If they could be put in front of the Housing Minister, what would they ask? And Magella on Instagram said this, 
are our kids ever going to be able to move out? The average wage is too low to raise a mortgage to buy a house. Prices are too high. We have huge numbers of people renting into the future. What happens when you get old? Is there going to be a fair deal for people left behind? What about the people who uh, can't afford to rent when they retire? Will we have affordable retirement homes? I doubt it. That is a huge issue for, for parents of young adults. How my, my eldest has gone to Australia and he says he can't afford to sure. rent here. Now, partly I accept that he goes because he wants to have a, a, a jaunt. I do accept that. Mm-hmm. But equally, I don't know when he comes back how he's going to afford rent or a mortgage or any such thing. Sure, look, it's a very genuine concern that parents would have and the jealous question is very valid. Firstly, to say we're dealing with 10, 12 years of undersupply in housing and we're, and we're catching up. Last year was a good year. This year will be, will be a good year too. There is some optimism there, if I could say, that first-time buyers now are at the highest rate they've been since 2007. So nearly one in two new homes that are built are being bought by first-time buyers. And there's a reason for that, that they're using schemes like the Help to Buy grant, which is ter- up to €30,000 of your tax back in your pocket to help with a deposit. And then also the first home scheme, which I've discussed on your show a number of times, that's gone really well. We've nearly 5,000 registrations there, over 2,000 households have been approved for that. So that basically is the scheme where you get your mortgage and your deposit okay. and you might be €50,000 short. The state will step into the first home scheme and give you that equity, not a second mortgage. And it's actually working really well. And what I get, and I'm fully respecting what Magella is saying, like I'm meeting people every single day on this where, you know, it isn't easy for first-time buyers still, but it is getting better okay. and it is improving. And that is a big focus for me. So All right. the numbers themselves kind of don't lie. Like last year, we 25,000 mortgage drawdowns for first-time buyers alone. No, and, and I, I, um, I, I guess that's probably the big... Uh, the reason I picked Magella's question, by the way, is because that was sure. one of very many questions along those I'm same, sure. so, same lines. Sure. A last question for you, Minister, with regard mm. to RTE. What will you hope to hear from RTE today in front of the PAC? Obviously, RTE's account that they gave to the PAC last week has been contradicted by Ryan Tuberty and his agent this mm. week. Yeah, look, it's an, it's an important hearing, firstly, for RTE, and I think their uh, confidence in, in the broadcaster has been badly damaged. I think that's recognised now by the new Director General. I know he's taken steps earlier this week to put in the, in, the interim management team, I, that is welcome too. But look, people deserve to get straight answers to, to very valid questions. And the Public Accounts Committee has a very important role on behalf of the taxpayers. So I would expect that they would be more forthcoming, uh, more direct with the answers that they need. I think here it will get to a stage, you know, where all these revelations have been, you know, obviously shocked people and people have been very angry in that. But it has to get to a stage soon where the reform agenda has to start. Yeah. So um, what I'm, what I'm, you know, we'll be waiting for is once the hearings are over and we get into the summer that, you know, this isn't forgotten about as such. Like what happens now because of and the response that RT have to uh, to the revelations about how they change okay. their work practices, how they change their structures. Right. That's the really important thing. And I'll be I'll be I'll be waiting Minister uh, and, and watching on that. Minister for Housing Dara O'Brien, thank you very much for speaking to News Talk Breakfast. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.